You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. We did not get caught up in that move to 2150, and then the big reversal day happened on that same session. So um, when you get a reversal like that, you're going to have to look for more downside. So it was a fake breakout, a false breakout, so to speak. And a lot of times those will lead to bigger moves to the downside or some kind of a pullback or correction. So um, what it did was it was a bull trap and it got everybody um, on that side of, of the chart. I did not bite on that one. And um, I'll just let gold pull back a little bit more. I think we have some interesting levels below us that will likely get tested. And then it's off to the races for gold. It's Mining Stock Education. I'm Bill Powers speaking today with my friend Nick Santiago, master trader over at InTheMoneyStocks.com. Nick, welcome back onto the show. Let's talk gold. Uh, we've seen some volatile action in gold, even breaking in, into an all-time high. And if we look back and we see a multi-year triple top and that being broken through, why after breaking through didn't it continue to run? Because previously you've told me that the most bullish thing a commodity can experience is an all-time high. Yes. Um, but one thing you have to watch for are the chart patterns and the time frames. So um, sometimes on a daily time frame, it looks really, really good and interesting, like it's going to have a breakout. And then sometimes the weekly chart, monthly chart, or even a quarterly chart can actually tell you something different. So what I had told my members were, um, when we didn't have the breakout at the end of November, I said, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait till the end of December, and that will confirm the breakout to me. So we did not get caught up in that move to 2150, and then the big reversal day happened on that same session. So um, when you get a reversal like that, you're going to have to look for more downside. So it was a fake breakout, a false breakout, so to speak, and a lot of times those will lead to bigger moves to the downside or some kind of a pullback or correction. So um, what it did was it was a bull trap and it got everybody um, on that side of, of the chart. I did not bite on that one. And um, I'll just let gold pull back a little bit more. I think we have some interesting levels below us that will likely get tested. And then it's off to the races for gold. But, you know, the markets have a tendency to fool most of the people most of the time. That's kind of what they're designed to do. But that's why you have to really learn the technicals. You have to learn the chart patterns because if you don't know them, you know, people will go ahead and buy those all-time highs and you don't want to do that. So that pullback uh, number you were looking at, it was the 1600 handle. Is it now the 1700 handle in light of the, the breakout we just saw and then breakdown? I would think if we have a sharp breakdown, we have a lot of support levels below that we have to get through. 1930 is a key level on the daily chart. I think 18, I wrote it down here. Yeah, around 1860 uh, would be another key level. Then you'd probably go down and test 19, uh, 1675, 1680. That would be probably the bottom. And that would be where a lot of people will be scared to get into gold at that point in time. But that would be where you really want to load the boat or else you could wait for the breakout to occur. And, you know, obviously that would be above, you know, 2100. But um, I'll be a buyer down there. You know, if it gets there, I, I'd, I'd nibble on, on a, I'd actually buy a lot down there. <laughs> So the gold miners are lethargic compared to what the gold price has done in the last week. Uh, what does that say to you, Nick? Yeah, the gold miners need to lead. When the gold miners are not leading, that was another thing that kept me away from biting on that on that move. Now, I was just in silver recently, and I had a run-up 
into silver. I made a quick over 10% very, very fast. And then I got out and I sat on the sidelines. But what happened was the gold miners are not leading. Silver miners are not leading. They need to lead. When they lead the actual metal, that is the bullish indication that the metal has a long pull ahead of it, meaning it's going to run for quite a quite a bit of time. But when they're not leading, you know, you want to be a little bit guarded because there's a lot of manipulation that goes on in the gold markets, right? Central banks have been buying gold. We see all of these news items where China is buying gold. India has always been a big buyer of gold. Our own central bank is buying gold. You know, now we're hearing all of this stuff. Um, you know, it's never what it seems. I'm never smart enough to figure out this entire puzzle. But what I am smart enough to figure out is uh, the chart patterns. And that's why I just have to stick with that. But the miners have not been leading the metal and they need to lead the metal. When the miners start to lead the metal, that tells you there's a bigger move in the metal and a longer term move ahead of us. What about silver? It almost touched uh, 26. Now it's back under 24. Uh, what's your downside target? For silver, yeah, silver, silver's bottom has been made. That was made in September of last year of 2022. So I think silver, you know, gets down to 19, 1850. I mean, buy all the silver you can because you have no idea about the run it's going to make. It's going to be incredible. It'll go to the mid 30s. It'll hover there for a little while, take a little pit stop, little break. They'll change the wheels and they'll get it ready to go above 50. So silver's low is already in. Um, you know, I was a buyer down there when it went to 1750. Uh, we loaded up with 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 physical metal too. So, you know, not just the, the paper products like the SLV and things like that, but I was buying, you know, the actual physical down there. And you're going to get another chance, $19, $18.75, load up again, buy physical as much as you can afford. What about the two and uh, two and ten year treasuries? What are they speaking? Well, today you got a, a pop in, in both of them, but the two-year is really what everybody should follow. I know the news media will focus on the 10-year. I've told you about the two-year long before anybody else was even looking at it. Now you hear all these talking heads on the TV talking about it all the time. But the bottom line is, as long as that two-year treasury note yield is not creeping up into the Fed funds rate, which is at five and a quarter percent, right now the two-year, I believe, trading at around 4.6%. Um, that's that gives the Fed some wiggle room. They could sit on the sidelines and hence you could get a little bit of a rally. But we still have an inverted yield curve out here that has not changed. In fact, the spread between the twos and the tens has actually widened. So, you know, people are, are rejoicing and they're getting all happy. And, you know, it's seasonality. You, you get this rally and stuff. But the bottom line is when that two year starts to creep up above 5 percent is going to be problems out here. And that's what everybody should focus on and watch. Right now, the, the, the Fed has got a meeting coming up on, I believe, Wednesday, the 13th of December. Um, they're not going to do anything. They got wiggle room. So he's just going to sit pat. And he's going to talk a little bit. But don't worry about what they say. Just just worry about what the market tells us. And right now, the two years below that uh, Fed funds rate at five and a quarter, and, and the markets are okay right now. You and I are chatting midday, Friday, December 8th. For context, for those that listen later on YouTube, oil dropped below the 70 handle, uh, Nick. Now, you said if it gets to 55, you're going to be buying with both fists. But I believe you told me that you'd have some interest at 70. It dipped under there to 69 bucks. Uh, are you interested in oil here? Yeah, I own it. I bought oil uh, two days ago at 69.30. I'm already up pretty nicely on the trade. And, um, you know, I think oil is going to have a nice little bounce here. 
it's funny because, um, you know, now we're getting news that the U.S. government is starting to fill up the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Notice how it's options X next week, and this news just hit the wires about uh, 30 minutes ago. So, you know, I, I bought oil two days ago because I thought $69 was going to be the number um, for a bounce, and um, I own it right now, so so far so good. But yeah, I, I still believe that $55 is going to be a key level. Um, you know, I think this bounce will probably hold up for a few weeks. And then, you know, if we start to revert and we take out the 69 level, we're going to 55 and nothing has changed. You get the 55, back it up, pick it up, you know, dig a hole or empty the water in your swimming pool, fill it up with oil because <laughs> that's the level. That's the level. That's a good one. Fill it up with oil. All right. Nat gas, Nick. Now this one, this is the Widowmaker trade. You've been bullish on that gas, but like so many commodities, man, they go lower than you would expect it. And that gas is on another downtrend, isn't it? Yeah, but if you look at that gas futures, we bottomed eight months ago. We've had an eight-month rally. It just hasn't, you know. The UNG doesn't up. look good, though. No, but the UNG is different, right? So if you look at the UNG, and I've been in and out of the UNG on and off, and I've made money every single time. Now um, I'm not in it currently. Because I knew we were going to have a pullback. I looked at the chart pattern and the chart pattern said, well, we're going to go lower. But we were up for eight straight months if you look at uh, NACIS futures chart. And that's what I key off of. The UNG is a skewed vehicle like all these ETFs are. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. You could be right on your call, but be wrong. So if you're not trading the futures, you know, you play a, a vehicle like the UNG, which is going to be more affected because it goes out to further contracts. And it doesn't correlate with the spot price. So, you know, sometimes if, if the NAT gas is going up, yeah, the UNG works out really well and you can get a nice percentage gain. Sometimes you even get a better percentage gain than you would actually get from the commodity. But on the flip side, when NAT gas pulls back, the UNG will pull back. Same with that boil product or AOLD, the cold product. These products are all skewed, but you know, this is why you have to look at the charts and you say, all right, I got to get out now. And that's what I've done. I'm not in that gas currently, but I, I plan on getting back in pretty shortly. So how did you play oil then? Did you buy the futures, not USO, the ETF? No, I bought USO. I With just call options? It. No, I actually just bought it outright. I just bought USO. So, the, and the reason for that is um, that got down to my level. Oil got down to my level. The two were coinciding. The USO is a little bit of a better product than it was when oil went negative uh, $40 at that one time. So, it, it, you know, it, it's more correlated now. And, um, you know, right now I'm up, uh, I'm up a few percent on the USO here. So I pretty much nailed the bottom to the penny. And um, right now oil's having a good day. I don't want to toot my own horn here because you never know what can happen. This is a humbling business, but I do believe oil has more, a little bit more upside to go here. Are you in any base metal trades? I am not currently um, in any base metal trades. Um, so, you know, I'm sitting it out, waiting for a little bit more of a pullback. But at some point, you know, I would like to get into copper. Um, I just at have- $3.15 a pound, right? That's right. That's your that's target still? That is that is still the target. Nothing has changed. I'll be waiting for it. And when I get there, when it gets there, and it will, uh, most people are going to be scared to get in and there are going to be copper fear out there, but that's when you have to pull the trigger on these things. You know, Bill, my style is not to be in a million trades. It's just to be in trades at the right time. So that's what I prided myself on my entire career. 
you know, if I go back to September of 2022, you know, and I gave the silver bottom to my members and I gave it to them months in advance, months in advance. And when we pulled the trigger on that, you know, we made over 200% on call options. We made, you know, 40, 50% on silver itself, you know, so it, it was a gangbuster trade, but that's, that's my forte. That's what I do. I get in when these things give us those big signals. You know, in 2020, I got into copper. Nobody believed it. You know, I just nailed the, the you know, I, I, I hit the ball out of the park because I got into copper when the signal gave it to me and copper had a huge run up, went even higher than I thought it was going to go. So, you know, again, we're going to get those opportunities. You're going to get a lot of opportunities in commodities going forward. And uh, you want to be able to take advantage of them at the right time. But you got to be savvy. You got to use the chart patterns. And, you know, these are not um, easy trades. I don't ever want anybody to think that. But, um, you know, you're going to get those opportunities and we'll see how, you know, people can react to it when it happens. Do you have any go-to trades for tax loss selling season? Not really. I don't have a lot of losses. So, you know, for me- you Or know, you it, identify a sector, let's say, to where yeah, it's sold off. Do you, do you target those short, maybe 10 to 20 day trades? Not really. For me, you know, everything is a trade, right? So it's all short term for me. The only thing that I've ever held long-term is gold, and I've been in it since 2003, gold and silver. So, you know, for me, um, you know, if there's um, something out there that looks terrible, yeah, I may pull the, the plug on it. I just don't have those positions. So, you know, it just, it, it, it really, it's not something that I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Yeah. So Bitcoin was $17,000 in January. It's 44000 as we chat. Uh, have you still not bought any Bitcoin or have you no. nibbled at that? Oh. No, no, I probably won't even dabble in Bitcoin. And and I told my members um, several months ago, I believe, I can't remember the exact date, but I told them, hey, Bitcoin just failed a weekly bearish pattern. You could buy it. So I give them the indication if they wanted to buy it. And I thought it would go up to the low 40,000 range. And we're even higher now. It's about 44,000 on anticipation of a spot Bitcoin ETF. So I just find it ironic. The, uh, the one... Uh, asset class that didn't want to be regulated is begging for regulation you know so it's just just goes to show you that greed and fear move markets are you still avoiding the volatility trade yes yes i'm still avoiding the volatility trade i've actually called it pretty accurately this year thinking that you know we get some sort of pops at certain times but it's just been skewed it has not reacted the way it has in the past i don't know if it's due to these um they have these uh, zero option, same day, zero options trades. I don't know if it's part of that or what's causing it, but um, it just has not correlated or made the moves, the size of the moves that it used to make in the past. So when I don't have an advantage in something, Bill, I just discard it till I watch it and see, hey, I, it's back and I have an advantage again. So I, I don't really have a great advantage in volatility. And I don't think volatility is acting the way it has over you know this year or even late last year like it did prior. What about the renewable energy ETF? Are you playing that at all in the last 30 days? Yes, I played the ICLN, which is an ETF on, you know, uh, I, I guess alt energy. And I, I've, I've had two nice trades with options. I think I made 25% or 30% on one trade and 35 again on another. So it, it's been good there. I've traded that and I, I'll look to trade that again. I think that is putting in some kind of a short-term bottom for now. So uh, I've done that trade twice and um, I haven't re-entered it yet, but I'd prefer to do it that way than get into like First Solar or SEDG or, uh, you know, one of these other 
alt plays. I'd rather do it with the the entire group, the ICLN. The market's hitting an all-time high. It looks like the Dow and the S&P again, Nick. I mean, does this ever stop going up? Uh, what's a, what your trader's perspective on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, we had a good uh, pullback um, from the end of July all the way to the end of October. That was a 90-day cycle. It's something I alerted my members to basically to the day. And I said, hey, we're going to watch for the market to go higher. At that point in time, I bought some, loaded up on some call options. I think I had, you know, five different plays out there. One of them was Target. I made over 114% in. So, you know, that's just what the market does. It creates short squeezes. Every pullback leads to a short squeeze. Every correction leads to a short squeeze. And we're in that environment. That's all that's going to happen, Bill, till this thing blows up. Because, you know, when you, when you look at it since 2009, every correction has led to a short squeeze. And that's, it's masterful when you think of what the controllers, central bankers have done. You know, they've just create pullbacks to lead to short squeezes. So that's all I continue to do. I look for these times where topping patterns are in place. Hopefully I could miss the down, uh, uh, time the downside. And if I don't catch the downside, I just wait for the pullback and I look for the short squeeze. And I know I've pretty much got that right um, in October, end of October. What's your best and worst trades of the last 30 days? Well, my target trade was the best because that was over 114%. And you know, in the call options, that that's my best uh, trade this year. Um, the big box store target, yes, TGT, yeah. That so I had that for a call option. I actually owned the stock, but I closed out the stock for a, a break even trade because of the fact that they had earnings coming up. So I, as much as I liked it to go higher, I'm always very cautious with earnings. But I'll trade them sometimes with options. Did you trade it just up. based on the chart, Nick, or was there something fundamental? Just just purely, bit, no, I, I don't use fundamentals at all. Fundamentals are a scam. They mean nothing. <laughs> don't ever use fundamentals for anything. That's ridiculous. It's money flow that causes uh, stocks to go higher and it's distribution that causes them to go lower. And the bottom line is when liquidity hits the market, stocks go up. When liquidity is taken out of the market, stocks go down. It's just that simple. Now, it's not easy to play that, but that's what you have to recognize and realize what moves markets. But I, I could care less about fundamentals. I couldn't tell you the P-E ratio of a single stock right now or the book value or the EBITDA or any other. What about the color of their color. logo? Maybe I could do that. Maybe I could do <laughs> it's that. It's red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you see the volume on the chart and that's the money flow you look to or do you read an article and you no, see no, that? No, It's no. purely you, the volume on the chart. It's it's not only volume, but it, it's pattern. So when you when you have certain patterns out there, that means that you know the institutions are accumulating. Now they're not going to come out and say, "Hey, Bill, we're we're accumulating target at 105 or 110." You know they're not going to say that, but that's what they are doing. And if you look and learn these patterns, and there are a lot of them, then you can start to put together, "Hey, this is going to be a pretty good risk reward trade." You know, I did it recently too. I had airline stocks. I had uh, Delta Airlines, which is. The, my favorite. That's like the J.P. Morgan of the airline. So I told the members, "Hey, they're beating this thing down. You know, buy call options here, and it, it should trade up to forty dollars. You know, it was around thirty bucks. So we had another one there. You know, we picked that up. And that's all you do. You just look where you know they're going to beat something up, but stealth stealth accumulation is taking place. It's not the easiest thing to figure out. That's why you got to spend time learning these charts. But uh, the charts will tell you when it comes. And I, I saw the same thing with the alt energy with the ICLN. And I, and I had a few others too. So, you know, um, again, it's always about the charts, never, ever about the fundamentals. 
I was told that the best traders out there, or some of them, were the the fuel traders for Southwest Airlines. Have you heard that before too, Nick? How that when they hedge and buy and secure in prices? I have not heard that, but if they give me a call, I'd help them out. Um, <laughs> but you no, know, I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. You know, so a lot of these airlines now, you know, they they do a lot of uh, of hedging, and and some of them actually own refineries. I think Delta owns a refinery. I think Southwest might also have a piece of a, re- a ref- uh, refinery as well. I can't remember or recall right off the top of my head, but um, you know, it, it's a big it's a big product for them, right? To make jet fuel, it's a big expense. So you know, they need to to have a trader in there to do that work for them. Did we cover your worst trade of the last thirty days? Uh I'm not sure what it was, Bill. I don't know. I the last thirty days, I don't I don't think I had anything that was 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 terrible. So, so what were you up on the options in the last 30 days then to give listeners made, a feel? I made over two, uh, uh, about 200%. So you made 200% in the last 30 days? Yes. And what are you on the year? I don't even know. I, mean, I haven't looked, but we're up nicely, you know, probably up, you know, four or 500, but I don't, I'm not even sure, you know, I'd have to go back and look. Not, I, you know, at, at the end of the year right now, I'm just trying to find trades that are going to be quick. You know stuff that's going to work out fast, but um, you know when you get a big rally like we got in October, um, you know the last week of October, I was kind of you know finding some nice trades out there that I thought would get a good pop, and you know I had four, I had five trades, and and was uh, a, I think we made a little over two hundred percent. Okay, any more end of the year trades that you typically do, Nick? As we conclude here, no, right now I just have oil on. Um, I own some Bristol Myers call options. I like. Actually, like Bristol Myers, I want to buy that stock. Um, I think that could be putting in a bottom uh, right now, and, and just being a little bit selective. I have the oil trade, so you know, I'm not looking at a whole lot. I own wheat, uh, WEAT. That's I'm a little under the under uh, um, my break even, but it's come back quite quite a bit. It's put in a big bottom. That I think is going to have a big move in 2024. So you know, I like things like that, and. Um, you know, I'll be watching all these commodities. I'll be watching gold and silver. Obviously, I'm going to get back into SLV or you know some of these silver plays, and I'll get back into gold miners at the right point. Just not yet, but um, they're coming up. Nick's website is inthemoneystocks.com if you'd like to check out his uh, services. Nick, really appreciate you coming on the show. Merry Christmas to you, and I'll catch up with you in the new year. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-one returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. 
I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.